0: Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is the excellence of execution, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend?
1: What's poppin'?
0: Ah! Okay. Okay. Email us at... Uh, what is it? Romans, uh, <laughs> podcast at RomanCircusblog.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at, Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. Uh, the podcast is at Roman circus pod. This is great. This is the more like you would think that after 60 some episodes, this would just, there'd be no way I could not, I could screw this up, but it always happens anyway. Uh, Find us on iTunes, rate and review us if you want. Uh, we're also on Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. We're at Patreon, Patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod. See the point of a tight intro, Zach, is to like give us like a just a thing where we know we can just jump off into the podcast instead of just stumbling around looking for words. Right. But you know that that's a thing that happens as well. Um News. What's what's going on with the news?
1: Well, we got a lot of things happening in the world. Matt. Amazing. Okay. Um, where do we want to start? Um, do you want to start with uh, alphabetical? With with A?
0: Yeah, let's start alphabetical according to height.
1: Okay, go ahead. Okay. Wait, which one of us is taller? I don't. I don't know. Well, okay. Taller in pounds is you, so
0: alphabetically according to height by weight. Yes. Uh so I'm starting with the news. Right. Right, right, right. Uh okay, Zach, in the news there is a doctor in France. I'm going to start off with a it's not going to be light. A French doctor killed two patients by poisoning them with anesthetic so he could revive them to impress his colleagues. So I guess a thing this doctor does is he like, gives them too much anesthesia or something so that they're like almost dead. And then he jumps in there and he's like, I know how we will save them. And then he saves them with the idea that everyone will be like, wow, uh, anesthesiologist Frederick Peckier is the most amazing anesthesiologist we've ever had. Not only does he know how to knock them out, he knows how to save their lives so what is his downfall was like he would he would not he would even do this with patients he was not in charge of sedating, so like he would he would like jump in and be like, "Ah, oh, yes, I know how to do this so everyone everyone just kind of kept getting suspicious about how he was always in the right place at the right time to basically do these miracles and uh, yeah they, they realized that he had just kind of been poisoning people with the idea of doing this so that's a, that's a good thing huh uh, <laughs> so okay so here's the, here's the thing when we record we record on a program uh, that we can mute and we can talk and Zach is getting a pizza from his apartment right now And he wrote in there, LOL, pizza here, keep talking. So I'm not going to cut any of this. Uh, One of our news items is that Zach is getting a pizza, okay? Uh, So we have the French doctor. Just to recap, we have the French doctor who gave too much anesthetic to people uh, that they almost died. And then he revived them. That's news item number one. News item number two, uh, Zach ordered a pizza, and he is going to get it right now and when he comes back he is going to give an update about Britney Spears because we are a Catholic podcast who is supposed to be taken seriously and all we talk about is French doctor murders and free Britney Uh, yeah so patreon.com slash roman circus pod if you're interested in hearing more of that I'm actually pretty shocked that we don't have a hundred thousand patrons at this moment. Uh and look who's back. Zach is back. Zach, what's, yes. up? <laughs> what's up? not much. Okay. Well good. I was just
1: I was just uh I was just rendered unconscious and then brought back yeah. by this I, sketchy anesthesiologist. I was just
0: uh subscribing to some magazines. Anyway, oh, nice. how, yeah. Okay. So uh, we did the French doctor stuff. What's your What's the news item you're going to talk about?
1: Well, so I don't know if this counts as yours or mine because we discussed briefly in pre-show mm-hmm. that uh, so Larry Rudolph, the manager for Britney Spears, has said she may never perform again. Oh wow, that's
0: that's kind of intense. What like why? What's going on? Give me the Give me the lowdown.
1: So it's all kind of sketchy. So let's start with just what's been reported. So Larry Mm -hmm. Rudolph went to TMZ and basically said Britney may never perform again. She's not mentally ready Mm -hmm. or emotionally or this and that. And, you know, this may be the end of of Britney Spears, Mm -hmm. which I mean, if that's true, then that's fine. I feel like people, you know, would respect if she's like, hey, I've given you people, you know, the first 37 years of my life, I'm going to keep the rest of those years.
0: <laughs> right who knows how much time she has left
1: right the problem is is that TMZ is really sketchy when it comes to news stories involving Britney Spears um and her management they're kind of always towing the line for her management team and Larry Rudolph is kind of a snake like he's sort of a dodgy character
0: i was going to say isn't he he's got to be part of the conspiracy right
1: oh yeah i mean it was so obviously everyone remembers 2007 Britney shaving her head, mm-hmm. you know, hitting the car mm-hmm. with an umbrella, mm-hmm. the breakdown. Um, he was involved in getting her put under the conservatorship, but it was also his idea, you know, less than a year after all that, to have her, you know, put out a CD and do a world tour, right? you know, just right away. Um, you know, I mean, she made a ton of money that year, and... Maybe she did want to do it. I don't know. But it it was his thought that, okay, this person has literally just gone through this, you know, massively public breakdown. It's been less than a year. Surely she's good to go on the road. Um, So there always seems to be a profit motive with Larry Rudolph. And she has fired him multiple times in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like he always somehow works his way back in. Um, How, I mean
0: how does he do that? Just does he just play on her fears of, I don't know. He, he's been with her
1: forever. So, right. I mean, he, as far as, you know, pushing as far as getting things going, he's very good at that. The financial end of things, lining up tours. Um, you know, he's good at that job. He's just, you he kind of looked at as sort of a, a slave driver. And cause they were, they were talking about when she, you know, canceled the recent, vegas residency that his comment once they announced that she was going into a psych ward or whatever he's like well Mm -hmm. at least that'll increase revenue when we re-announce vegas (laughs) and so you know he's kind of got one thing on his mind and so my guess is is that part of the time she does want to do the whole pop star thing and you know he's there ready and willing to facilitate it
0: she has to on some level because it's all she knows right like it's just her life
1: well, right it's not like she can just go be a teacher now or something mm-hmm. so who she needs to hire and I know that nobody ever takes my advice whether it's politicians or um, clerics or pop stars but she needs to hire Johnny Wright to manage her career um, he is very decent person he took care of like he was the guy behind NSYNC mm-hmm. um, and then he managed Justin Timberlake's career when he went solo he's worked with Britney in the past like He's who she should hire. Um, if anyone wants my take on who to work with in Hollywood for music deals, Johnny Wright is a decent human being. Um, so, yeah. Oh, the other thing okay. is, obviously, there was a hearing last week with the Britney Spears case where she asked the judge if she could have all of her human rights back. Um, yeah. And the judge said, maybe. It been doing him- <laughs> right. They're going to do an investigation into the the whole situation to see what should happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just interesting that, I mean, it really has been 11 years, and she never actually committed any crimes. Like, as crazy as it was to watch, shaving your head and, you know, giving a terrible performance on MTV, neither of those things are crimes. And so it's odd that, like, the courts are so heavily involved in everything – that goes on with this person because it's like well what normally you have to break the law to end up you know mixed up with the courts
0: Mhm yeah except shaving your head that's a that may be against fashion laws Zach but it's not against you know it was American pretty funny law. when
1: they did that cuz it was like oh the hair was really helping the overall look like some yeah. people do the head shaving thing and they look you know oh okay that you know like it's it's like an interesting but still decently good look it was not with uh with Britney Spears yeah <laughs> it was like this egg-shaped head all of a sudden and yeah anyway mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah that's what's going on with that um
0: we had we had a few uh not to spend too much time on it uh but we had a few abortion bills passed um a few months ago we did a podcast kind of talking about how you know the Mar- we, we the pro lifers kind of get used for their votes, right, so we were kind of talking about how nothing ever happens, and these people just u- use us and use our sentiments to get us to get us to the polls mm-hmm. uh well, when things happen, we should probably talk about it right
1: absolutely
0: so uh Georgia passed a heartbeat bill every the reason I don't want to spend a ton of time on it is because I think everyone pretty much has heard about it right so yeah,
1: well and there's people that are like really good at explaining like they're like subject matter experts and mm-hmm. you know we kind of will yield the mic to them as far as taking. Zach, yeah the, wait zach
0: that's never stopped us before
1: <laughs> true but this is a real this is an important topic you know
0: yeah so they we passed georgia passed a heartbeat bill that uh abortion is banned after six weeks when you can detect a heartbeat and then alabama mm-hmm. looks like they're just kind of about to go all in on banning it completely right except in like rare cases of the health of the mother or something
1: which um, i mean it's tricky though when it, it, how they write that because health of the mother can be interpreted extremely broadly and so mm-hmm. um but life of the mother is what you normally is it is a sort of different situation i mean setting aside the moral aspect of it from a legal standpoint Generally, health of the mother is like a giant loophole, right? um, Because it doesn't really specify kind of health, and so you know, like anything, it basically just means you need a prescription. Um, Mm -hmm. But life of the mother is different because there would have to be that. Um, Anyway, I digress. I'm sure that the the bishops, the USCCB, I'm sure that they are just working on a statement congratulating uh, Georgia and Alabama for taking steps to protect the unborn and to protect women from the abortion industry. Um, I'm sure we'll, you know, we will see the congratulations coming from them soon.
0: (laughs) All right, anyway. Yeah, let's hope Um, so. The
1: reactions have been hysterical, and it kind of tells me that we're probably making progress on pro-life stuff because, um, I mean, just the links that people are, like, everybody's response to this has just been so... Well if this happens then we should make men pay for the children that they father and we're like okay yeah that would also be a decent thing you know okay if we're just going to bring back all forms of decency then let's go for it.
0: <laughs> right um, yeah like it's all these all these comments they think they're like owning us right like and but they're really just furthering what we all care about and what we
1: think. I was disappointed. So in Alabama, one of the Democratic senators proposed uh, an amendment banning vasectomies, and it got right. shot down. And I I think that would have been fantastic. Um, so, you know, I guess she's, she's one of us, apparently.
0: Zach, this recording is already going off the rails. There's someone who keeps ringing the doorbell. So you want to just talk for like one minute, uh, keep our listeners entertained. I'm going to go see what's going on.
1: Go investigate. Yeah. Uh, Another thing that continues to be in the news is uh, the president, President Trump. Um, I chose to stop paying attention to what Trump does, and it's amazing how impossible it is to actually do that because people just want to talk about him. Um, So as far as I know, he's still president. Um, There's all these rumors that we might go to war with Iran, which sounds crazy, um i guess his son donald jr is gonna plead the fifth um it's just a big mess in america these days so the best thing to do is to pray and then just don't watch the news uh, which is what i do um and it's you know it's great also it is may so if any of our listeners out there are uh, graduating from school we're very proud of you um we unfortunately, we're not able to attend graduations, so um, to everybody who sent us invitations, we we were really flattered to get those, and we're definitely praying for you. Um, but we our schedules are just I mean, it's just crazy. So um, we're not going to be able to be there in person, but we will be there in spirit, rooting you on as you um, celebrate completing your educational endeavors. Um, and we wish you the best of luck going forward. Uh, congratulations, class of twenty nineteen. Boom. Another thing going on: um, Disney released a clip of the upcoming live-action Aladdin movie. They released the uh, the the big number Prince Ali, um, which is when Aladdin the genie has turned Aladdin into a prince, and he's kind of riding into. Um, agrabah and his uh w- with his elephants and you know, this whole big parade um and i gotta say it wasn't very good um <laughs> okay <laughs> you're
0: giving your aladdin recap yeah the
1: live action i mean like i was excited when i saw that will smith was in it um and the musical number was just not good um, you can watch it. I tweeted it out, and it, you know it's all over. Prince Ali, the, there's a couple things here. Like, first of all, the genie is uh, he's magic. Okay, so you know within the song there should have been like eight different costume changes and him kind of appearing here, there, and everywhere, which is what happened in the cartoon. Sure, that came out 20 years ago, uh, or well more than that. And then the other difficult thing is that they tried to have Will Smith carry the song vocally. Um Will Smith's a very talented actor. Will Smith has a lot of talents. Um but he doesn't have the vocal charisma that Robin Williams has. Like he can't carry the song the way that Robin Williams could. Uh, I see what like in yeah, I get I get what you're saying. So they should have had more voices backing him up and done it as more of an ensemble thing and had him kind of sing, you know, some parts but not so much just him. Um but his his choreography's weird. The, the visuals are strange. It's, it's just very awkward. And it it's weird because people are like, well, I guess they're just going low budget. But, I mean, they're spending a lot of money on talent to have Will Smith be in this movie. Um, and there's that girl from Saturday Night Live and, you know, other people that I can't name but I'm sure are super famous. Uh, mm-hmm. So, hopefully, you know, it was a rough draft or maybe, you know, that clip was not representative of the rest of the movie because um, – Yeah, I saw it, and I I wasn't impressed. I I sent it to some of my friends who um, are like, you know, they've they've directed shows and choreographed things, and I was like, I need you to go straight to Disney and fix everything about this.
0: Yeah, please do. Sign a petition. Start a petition at petition.org.
1: Aladdin was the first uh, VHS tape that I ever, like, wore out from Mm -hmm. watching too much. Like, it it stopped working, and I had to get a new one because I'd watched it and rewound it and fast-forwarded so many times that it no longer played. The cartoon one, of course. Um, Yeah. No, that was a good... It was
0: good. I I enjoyed the Aladdin. I I watched like two seconds of the Prince Ali thing, and I was like, I'm not sure I can do this right now. So.
1: Yeah. It's tough. And Will Smith's age is kind of showing. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but he doesn't look like a young man anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's over 50 at this point, so. True. Mm Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Should we get into the topic? We've we've already both left and gone and done other things. Yes. And uh, we both rambled a little bit on our own. Of course. So should we get the... Let's do it. May we? Wow. Yes, we may. Speaking of may... Whoa. May, as we all know, is Mary's month, right? And that, uh, so we figured we would close out May. Our next, well, no, I guess not close out, but the two, at we least the next May, at least the next two podcasts we're going to do about Mary. All right, uh, next week we are going to do Mary and consecration. Uh, so this week we're going to kind of, I, I guess, set that up. Zach is going to walk us through how we how we venerate mary and how it kind of differs from the other why why don't you why don't you go zach i think i I set the table pretty poorly why don't you carry on
1: it's interesting because there's this kind of um i don't know it's 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 more semantic but there's this whole thing with you know protestants certain protestants accusing catholics of worshiping mary and then catholics get all offended and said no we don't we venerate her absolutely Um, and it's it's not really the most productive argument because at the end of the day, um, you know, God is God. The universe was created by him. He's a Trinity. You know, mm-hmm. that's a unique thing. No amount of veneration or anything that we're giving to saints or, you know, the, the praise that we give to them doesn't approximate what we give to God. Cause we know that those saints are created beings and, didn't create the universe you know i mean so sure. it's it's not really a risk here um but just to give some background so english is kind of a weird language i have this conspiracy theory that it like developed as an anti-catholic language since like england broke away <laughs> pretty early on mm-hmm. um so we just have the word worship straight up um but you know realistically you would split this into three things you have what's called latria which is, that's probably worship, worship, as pretty much anybody, you know, Protestant or Catholic would maybe think of it, um, and that's, you know, the praise that we give to, you know, God, the Holy Trinity, Latria. So the Father, the Son, yes, Latria, so that's your, you know, full-on worship, yeah.
0: L-A-T-R-I-A, Latria, supreme worship allowed to God alone.
1: Right. Okay. So then on the other end of the the spectrum here in these categories we have dolia. Okay. Um so this is basically the veneration that we give to saints, um relics, holy objects, you know, it's it's the you know, the way that you would treat you treat, you know, a blessed object or relics of a saint, you know, people will go they'll they'll kiss it, they will, you know, pray before it, they'll bow. You you see different things um and then you know the interior, you know what's going on in the intellect and the will. So that's called dolia, which is kind mm-hmm. of like veneration. And so then what you have unique to Mary is called hyperdolia, which basically says this is like, you know, dolia on steroids, but it, it still isn't latria, okay? Okay. And that's specific to Mary because you know she's the Mother of God. She, you know she's the perfect created being. Um you know, I mean we would we need a longer podcast to say all the reasons that she's entitled to this level of veneration um mm-hmm. but that's what that's what we do here and so it, the catchy thing is that you know these were all kind of lumped under the word worship at some point in history so you'll right. find old quotes by saints or books or things that talk about you know the worship owed to mary they're referring to Hyperdulia—they're not confusing it or or calling it the same thing that is given to God—and um, so it, it, that's the thing. And, and the other thing is assuming that we have our categories correct, assuming we know that um, you know God created the universe, He's an eternal being, He you know also came down was our Savior, all of that, and mm-hmm. we're clear that you know Mary is a created person and that the saints too. Then we're—it's not like there's a point where we've crossed a line with Mary like oh we've taken it too far and we're officially you know in the danger zone of of you know worship worshipping Mary mm-hmm. I mean it we're clear on our categories here we're clear on who she is it's not it's not like there's a line that says at this point you've gone too far cuz uh, you know I've seen people get weird about that like the the rosary will stress them out because more of the prayers are to Mary than to God the Father and they'll want to like balance it out um, yeah. None of that. So this is, is necessary.
0: This is kind of a thing that I ran into as a cradle Catholic. Uh, the distinction was never necessarily made clear to me or maybe to anyone else around me. Like, it, it gets all muddled, right? So you, you get into the idea of, like, because you... You don't want to say you worship Mary, right? Because we don't worship Mary. Worship requires sacrifice, right? And we don't sacrifice anything to Mary. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're so in an effort to, and we
1: don't think of her as a divine person. I mean, we, you know, we we understand we, the reality that she's a human person,
0: right? Um. So, but the in kind of an effort to further ourselves away from the idea of no we don't worship Mary it it also would be tricky because sometimes it even sounds like it. people would even phrase it as well we don't even actually pray to Mary we don't even actually it's more like a we just talk to Mary type thing right and that was mm-hmm. kind of made clear to me later on that we do we do pray to Mary we do pray to saints we ask We ask for their intercession. Like the Hail Mary prayer is perfect because the first part is obviously what the angel said to Mary. And then the second part, we don't say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, do all this for us because you are the one that can do it. We say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Right. So it's like asking their intercession. I know we all know this, but it's just kind of an important distinction of something I grew up with like the the it just shows how muddled it can be when we in an effort to get people to not think that we to think that we do not worship Mary we also want to make it even seem like we don't even pray to her we just kind of like say a love note like a poem to her right
1: yes it's kind of this unfortunate overcorrecting that will take place mm-hmm. and people will even almost treat it like it's optional they're like well you know it, it, venerating mary or, or that's you know that's not required um mm-hmm. you know all that's required are the sacraments and you know the 10 commandments or whatever and it's like well okay i mean i, I you know I, I can't necessarily give you a technical answer to whether it's required or not but um every single saint did it and so it's a good indication that we should too and mm-hmm. so you know i mean if if someone is new to the faith, getting back into the faith or whatever, and they're uncomfortable with the Mary thing, um, I think it's important to come to grips with it, because it's, one, it's one of the most wonderful things about our faith and the way that God has orchestrated history, is that this person, Mary, um, lived. Uh, so it's, it's great. And then two, again, all the saints did it. So everybody in heaven got there, in some part, through their love for Mary, because that's what helped foster their love for God. And sure. you know, she had her hand in all of this, considering she's the mother of the of the Redeemer.
0: Right. The as a as a faithful Jew, Christ would have honored the commandment that said, Honor thy father and mother, right? So really, if you think about why why we you know give this primacy of place as a hyperdulia to Mary is because when you want when you want something, the best way to do it is to go through that person's mother, right? So it's it's again, It's, sure. it's not. It's and not. There's, a...
1: there's no amount of praise or honor or whatever that we could give to Mary that would even approach, you know, what our Lord did by making her the mother of God. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there's just you know all the statues and candles and flowers and images and icons of the world. None of that, you know approaches what our lord how he honored her so you know we don't have to think oh i've you know i love mary too much we just couldn't possibly love her more than our lord does and you know he's our example too so i mean he's our primary example um so it's a safe thing and it's i think this is where cradle catholics i think have a much more natural relationship with mary um, mm. except for the ones that kind of had it overcorrected or downplayed through uh, Catholic schools, <laughs> um, or just weird circumstances. But especially if you go outside of the United States, Catholics around the world they just they just get it. That's that's mother, and you know they don't they can they can figure it out without you know eight years of theology classes. That it takes you know people. In, in the Anglosphere to, to get to this point.
0: Mm-hmm. The Anglosphere, that's, that's a word I didn't expect to hear. I like it
1: though. Sure, I made it up. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I'm trying to, you know, I, I think that my recommendation is that you lean into the Mary stuff. I, I, I get that a lot of people, for the sake of ecumenicalism and evangelization, want to downplay the Mary thing because it is a division between Catholics and Protestants and to a degree a division between Catholics and the Orthodox Mm -hmm. um but I I think that Mary is one of the I mean just you know not to use the word tool but one of those powerful tools powerful soldiers in God's army and trust that you know, whatever discomfort that presents in the moment for people who aren't familiar with it, Our Lady, you know, has the graces to overcome that. And so, you know, my Protestant friends and family, I mean, I just hammer them on the Mary thing um, because I just think eventually that's what, you know, they'll that will click. Um, so, I, I don't downplay it at all.
0: Right, and you see this in the, one of the things that I always admired, in Los Angeles, one of the very few things. No, but yeah, I would, I worked, you know, here and there with, uh, a, one, a a guy worked with, his name's Eduardo, right? Mexican guy. He, I don't know. I don't think he went to church every week. I don't know how often he went to church. He would go to mass at 5 AM in his community on the feast day of our lady of Guadalupe. Right. I, I gave him a scapular one time because it had Our Lady of Guadalupe on it, and he loved it, and he put it on immediately, right? So you can see that these things, the the devotion to Mary and just the image and presence of Mary is enough to keep people in the faith, essentially, right? Even if they're not, even if they're doing all the things we shouldn't do and not going to Mass and barely hanging on by a thread, they, in especially in the uh mexican communities like they the the image of our lady is just powerful enough just to just to keep them on the right track you know right i mean even in
1: parts where the faith has nearly completely collapsed they there is still that that love for mary um that clings can i give a really quick tangent of course so i used to work with a lot of uh mormons And Mormons are, like, my favorite non-Catholics to be friends with, if I'm going to be frank here. Um, Okay. But one of them was talking about doing his mission in Mexico, or somewhere in Latin America, actually. I don't, I can't remember if it was specifically Mexico. Right. But um, something came up, and I mentioned, I mentioned Our Lady of Guadalupe, and he goes, oh, yeah, I know all about uh, Guadalupe, you know, since they all have that in their house. And then I was like, yeah, it's pretty interesting, you know, um you know mary's just this this loving jewish mother that you know pops up in different costumes telling everybody about her (laughs) how great her son is and he was like wait what and he had no idea after years of being down there that guadalupe as he called her was the virgin mary oh Um, right and i was like man i always thought mormons were so smart before this um (laughs) but you know it still is there and that kind of provides a you know, a light in the culture, and um you know, the, Our Lady of Guadalupe is the Empress of of the Americas. So, in the United States, she's she's in charge here too. Mm-hmm. Do you, so, do you think?
0: It, on what what level do you think it could possibly become idol worship? I'm not saying it is. I'm saying, do you think there is a part? Do you think there is? You you said earlier that there's no no reason why we should think we could ever do it too, like you know, venerate her too much. But do you think, do you think that there is a point when it could become idol worship?
1: Um, dot, dot, dot. I think, well, I don't, I don't think that I don't. So, you know, the proper veneration of Mary, whether that's praying the rosary, consecration, all these things. I, I don't think that, that doing those at some point, it reaches an excess that tips into worship. Worship, I think that it really kind of becomes an idea of superstition. So, I, I could see it more likely happening with an object, like a statue of Mary or an image, where somebody you know starts to essentially idolize that image, or you know, think that that image is the arbiter of of the universe. Um, you know, it falls into a superstition. I think it, for Mary herself, I mean. It's like she was it so just, humble that if unless you've just totally invented a different Mary, I just don't know how it gets there. You know,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: like I don't. I don't think it's something you have to keep. You know, keep your Mary devotion in check. I think you just go for it, and you will be fine. I I don't think that it's a um, a risk. You know, fill your house with statues, images, light candles, that, save hundred groceries, go for it.
0: Right. That's the other thing when we were did our. Now on Patreon podcast about Magigori, we you know the danger of the danger is obviously attributing things to Mary that are not so, but also if Mary shows up and if it is a legitimate thing like Our Lady of Guadalupe and Fatima and Lords and all that, Mm -hmm. uh, she will never show up and give us more than. Is needed, right? So, like any of the devotions or any of the things authorized by the church, will be perfectly in line because she won't, she she will not overstep her bounds. Right. So,
1: you know, as a general theme, this is one of the very few things that the East does better than the West. Um, is really looks at the saints as models, as opposed to trying to kind of litigate things out and look for the line. Not that there's not that it's not important to have, you know a clear moral teachings and boundaries and all that kind of stuff that's there, but you know, if you look to the saints, you know, what the saints did, especially the saints that are particularly associated with Mary, which would be saints like Louis de Montfort, um mm-hmm. Saint Bernadette of Lourdes, mm-hmm. you know, I think Bonavent tons of them. I mean, all of them had some devotion,
0: right? The, the you know,
1: Fatima children, obviously yeah. Yes, I mean, if if you follow their lead, you're you're going to be completely fine, um, and you know, and as long as you're staying within bounds. But if you look at the things that you know the saints have done as part of their devotion to Mary, you know, I, I don't think that for most of us, we're you know, we're even in the neighborhood of that. And you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those like not to worry too much. And I do think that it's better to lean into it. I mean, I invited a Protestant friend to mass when I was traveling and the parish was called like Mary queen of the universe or something. Mm -hmm. And when I invited him, he just made this face of, I just don't understand how you guys are even, you know, this just seems ridiculous. And I'm like, well, I'll tell her, uh, not to listen to you right now. um, because (laughs) if She's the queen of the universe. That's not the person you want to mess with. Yeah. Um, well there, so,
0: Okay, go. Sorry, finish your thought. No, no, no. I was going to kind of take it a little slight direction. If you want to finish your thought,
1: I mean, basically, I just don't think I don't think that you really need to apply moderation to your love for Mary. I mean, you know, like I said, however many statues you think is enough, fill your, you know, get them. Well, you know, wear the scapular, pray your rosary, um, you know, put pictures of her all over your desk and your car. I mean, there's just sky's the limit. And I, I would say, don't, don't put that on the back burner thinking that it's going to help with evangelization because um you know even i mean think about it, the most difficult time to evangelize would have been during the passion mm-hmm. and notice that it was our lady who you know when um now i'm going blank uh Simon of Cyrene is that who helped him carry the cross uh i don't think of Cyrene of uh
0: Ar, Arama, jo, no, Joseph Arimaeus. No, he was uh, the yeah. bury. Bari- he was okay, the, well, the burial the,
1: one. Well, now we're embarrassing ourselves. But so you know when, <laughs> um, you know when the when the woman wiped his face, when the man helped him carry the cross. You know these are right. people that Our Lady. Yeah, no, it and was Simon. Cyrene. you're since... right.
0: Simon, you were okay. you were
1: correct. I mean, she's the one that that brought them there, and you know it was because Saint John the Beloved had a close relationship with Mary that he was the only disciple able to adore the crucifixion and and be there for it. And so, you know, if Our Lady can evangelize people and bring them to our Lord while he's, you know, covered in blood, carrying his cross, yada, yada, um, I think she can overcome, you know, Puritan sensibilities about these things.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What if,
0: okay, so here's my pitch i'm gonna try and phrase it as carefully as possible okay okay but here's my pitch on why mary is great outside of all the stuff we know outside of the classic you know mother of god greatest woman to ever live stuff uh sometimes the thought of praying to an all-powerful god who is in control of everything may be a little intimidating, right? So like the, if you're away from the faith and you, or you're kind of hit and miss and you kind of feel, I don't know, like you feel ashamed or you feel kind of intimidated. The idea of praying to an all powerful God might not be not, might not help your intimidation. So Mary is a good, again step I, i say step down obviously in terms of she's not god but it's she's a good place to maybe start as a not completely intimidating factor right because if you're if you're praying to mary or if you're venerating mary or have a devotion to mary it will be for the sake of god right and through for the love and for everything for god so it that's kind of my pitch is if you're feeling intimidated about certain things in the faith, start off with Mary, right? Because it's something you can continue to do and something you can keep, keep up. It's not something you have to stop, but it's, it could be a good jumping off point to get you kind of back in. Do you, uh, you like that? Does that, does that jive?
1: Yeah, I think that plays. And I've always heard that for, for people that have, you know, particularly troubling sins, that mary is a refuge for them you know mm-hmm. um and so you know go to her and you know i always when i go to confession before going in i say a hail mary and you know whether that's you know whether she sends me a grace or maybe it's psychological whatever it is it always helps and then as soon as i'm done i say another hail mary because now you know i'm back in the state of grace and so it you know it counts right. quote unquote um <laughs> right. so uh yeah i mean i i just think if you look at history as an example there's just such a it's such a fun part of the faith is you know how intertwined mary is and and all the saints but the you know this family that god has set up for us and you know to help us make it to heaven and then you know we'll all all be there if we make it um you know i I think it's it's just it's exciting and it, it it definitely I can't really think of like a better term than just it makes it all more fun but it, it does you know Mary you know noticing when it's a, a feast day on the calendar that celebrates Mary and just kind of keeping that in mind and you know making it a, a brighter day it, it's neat so you know yeah keep going with it
0: keep keep on keeping on okay I you know I don't I don't think we need to get too rambly in this whole thing to be honest we've how many, how many times can you repeat over and over, Mary is great, Mary is good, well, Mary is great?
1: One interesting point I will also say is Oh, like, great.
0: This isn't rambling. Know, go, go, go.
1: It kind of isn't. So, you know, the way this played out historically is that God chose to, you know, reveal the glories of Mary through time, you know? So, whereas our Lord on earth, you know, he was, he did the transfiguration, the resurrection, I mean, he clearly manifested all of his greatness, not all of it, but, you know, he manifested his glory while he was on earth. Um, whereas with Mary, you know, she was humble, didn't say a lot in scripture, did her thing. Um, but you know, she was this perfect being. She had, you know, been immaculately conceived. Um, you know, she was continually growing in sanctifying grace, mother of mm-hmm. the savior, and, uh, nobody knew. So, you know, people that, you know sold her food at the market or lived next door or whatever they didn't know hey that's you know they were they were that's th- the perfect
0: they were within feet of God within well, their- i mean
1: as far yeah with when when she was with Jesus but then mm-hmm. just the you know the perfect creation. oh oh human.
0: okay yeah sorry gotcha gotcha gotcha
1: and so you know they didn't i mean even after our Lord was gone you know they didn't after he descended into heaven um you know they'd Uh, you just wouldn't know what you encountered there. So I I think it's, I don't know. I think it's cool. I recommend it. It's cool. Think about it. Reflect on it. There's just, you can just think about it forever, like all the implications of it. Um, You know, this fully trusting in God every single moment, Um, you know, as an anecdote, when our Lord explained, so Mary knew overall what was going to happen as far as, um, you know, the plan for salvation and, you know, at least, at least from um, when the presentation, when she brought our Lord to the temple, she knew that, you know, this was going to have a a rough ending, so to speak. And then it would be great. Um, When our Lord before the last supper um, actually, you know, spelled out how this was all going to go with the crucifixion and this and that, you can just imagine What that must, you know, a son telling his mother what he's about to do, you know, voluntarily. And Mm -hmm. um, what the mystics say is that Mary's only response, you know what her response was? What? I mean, you would think it'd be don't do it, please no, whatever. No, she said, she asked if she could, if she could be crucified with him. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that she wanted to die. She wanted to die with him. Um, and you know, he said no, but um, she, but she was martyred, and that's why she's called the Queen of Martyrs. Through um, you know being at the cross, through the entire uh, you know process, you know, drenched in her her own son's blood, and and all that. Um, and there's there's some neat traditions in different parts of the world during um, Holy Week, where you know after the Good Friday processions and, you know, the liturgy of the cross and all that kind of stuff is done. Um, they'll do a procession in complete silence with candles um, where they'll they'll just walk a statue of Mary home, you know, for the evening, you know, and you have to kind of think like after the crucifixion, what, what does she do, you know? Oh, and wow. then they'll, they'll have, on Easter they'll have a procession where they bring her back, um, but you have to, I the silence and you know they they usually have her in all black and you know in mourning um the image that they'll process but you just kind of think how amazing you know that being present for one of those processions would, would be um you know
0: man that's crazy yeah there's a lot of it it, I've never thought about the idea of <laughs> Mary walking back after the crucifixion yeah
1: right so there's some neat – I tweeted pictures a while back. Maybe I can find them and we can retweet them from the podcast. But um, there's some neat pictures of – of I think it's mostly in Spain where these take place. Um, and some of the pictures I couldn't tweet because – so there's obviously completely different culture. They have either – I don't know if they're religious orders or if it's just for the ceremony, but their costumes look like clansmen. And so <laughs> I was like, I can't tweet this because in America this would – People would think this is the KKK, but these white hooded costumes that these in Spain have no connection with. You know, I mean, it's not that, but it it didn't really didn't really fit the the timeline when I found it. So,
0: hey, you know, can't always force it, right? Sorry, I just got a little distracted, Zach, because we got called a toxic hate fest on Twitter. I know, so, I saw that. Isn't that? Isn't that? Kind of sad that we're, that it took this long for someone to realize that we were a toxic hate fest. It, it, uh,
1: you know, you gotta, you gotta, it had to happen. Someone had to say it, right?
0: Right. You You know, we come out here with, we try so hard to reveal our cards and it took a year and a half for someone to realize it. Saint of the week. Saint Ubaldo of Gubbio. Okay. Gubbio is in Italy. He was born there and he died there in 1160. Canonized March 4th, 1192, by Pope Celestine III. Feast day May 16th. His major shrine is in Gubbio, Italy. He's all his stuff is there. Uh, that's what he's. A, he's a patron of that city. He's also a patron of against demonic possession of migraines of sick children of people with OCD and autistics there we go he was born of noble parents he lost his father while he was very young and was educated by the prior of the cathedral church in his native city he felt a vocation to become a monk and entered the seminary of St. Secondo, it seemed, it basically looks like he spent his entire life, for the most part, in Gubbio, which is always commendable. And I guess something you probably did in the late 10s, early 11s. Um, he earned a reputation for piety and poverty. He All of his wealth and all of his stuff he gave to the poor and for the restoration of monasteries. He is known for humility, mortification, meekness, and fervor and the fame of his holiness spread in the country and uh, several bishoprics were offered to him but he refused them all and he's said to have prevented Frederick Barbarossa from sacking Gubbio as the empire had sacked other cities in 1155 Uh, he unfortunately died after a long painful illness of two years but he was known uh, to his people as a perfect pattern of all Christian virtues and a powerful protector in all their spiritual and temporal needs. Uh, every year, St. Ubaldo Day is celebrated at the Basilica in his honor, as well as in Jessup, Pennsylvania. So I looked up and see if I could find more information about St. Ubaldo Day in Jessup, Pennsylvania, and my very... Short research turned up no results, but I like that. Uh, St. Ubaldo Day is the eve of his feast day, which is actually currently when we are recording. And they do a procession through the streets and feature small statues. And they they are mounted upon immense wooden pedestals, each hoisted by a team of runners clad respectably respectively in yellow, blue, or black. So Saint Ubaldo Day is currently happening. Or did it's a little later over there now. But yeah, that's our Saints of the Week,
1: Zach. Incredible. Incredible. Incredible.
0: Incredible.
1: Alright, anything else before we go? Um I don't think so. We're we're gonna do an excellent uh Patreon only episode in the very, very near future. So sign up right away. (laughs)
0: Okay, good. All right, gang. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.
1: See ya. (laughs)